welcome to McKinley Cast. This episode, we are discussing the pilot in which we are introduced to the McKinley High School students, including Sam and Lindsay siblings. Um, Lindsay, after an existential crisis, goes from being some kind of good girl to being a freak, going to the smoking patio and cutting school, although she keeps one foot in the nice girl door. However, when she defends her little brother Sam from a bully and tries to be nice to the mentally handicapped kid at school, but that goes horribly awry. Meanwhile, Sam and his friends band together to fight their tormentor, and Sam even gets up the nerve to ask the cheerleader to the dance while his friends are fighting his fight, but she'd already been asked weeks ago. But no fear, everything works out at the end at the homecoming dance. I'm Emily. I'm Rich. I'm Carol. <laughs> I'm Katrin. Sorry, I forgot to turn off mute. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Aisha. There we go. <laughs> and this is the uh, very first episode of uh, Freaks and Geeks that we're talking about here. And it's just called The Pilot, right, Emily? Yes, The Pilot. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Uh, we start off immediately with just a shot of the school, and we get the cold open with the introductions to uh, to the freaks and the geeks. But before any of that, we see uh, a cheerleader speaking to the apparent love of her life, a jock sitting on the uh, bleachers, and uh, that's just to give us like some kind of impression, I guess, to, as to like what the the normal idea of, of a show would be like the the mainstream like uh here's the jocks and the cheerleaders getting along and talking about how much they love each other and then we immediately shoot down to under the bleachers and see the freaks and the van halen starts playing so what was your impressions of of like the very beginning oh my god that scene cracked me up i just i was like okay so we've got i mean the girl was so typical, and the guy just gave her such a line, and she ate it up. It was just like, oh, my God, really? I yeah. know. As generic as it comes, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've heard that kind of a conversation any number of times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and nice nice cut to Under the Bleachers. Yeah. Kind of what's... Yeah. I love that. I love how they did that. I, I love the. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but they have the. Uh, they have different music playing. For, oh yeah. For each of the the small scenes before the opening credits roll. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and they started out with like they have the very like slow kind of romantic music while they they have the cheerleaders talking to the jock guy. Immediately hit the Van Halen music when they go down to the freaks under the bleachers, and then when they show the geeks for the first time, it goes into this kind of like slow, folky, southern rock song. And I felt like it was just, it embodied kind of what you're supposed to think about these different crews. That geek song is actually the theme song from Caddyshack, which is the movie they're quoting. Really? I had no idea. Yes, that's a Kenny Loggins song. He wrote it for Caddyshack. That's cool. So what did you guys think of the whole uh, the meeting? The what, what was your opinion on the freaks? The first introduction to the freaks. Which one were the freaks? The freaks would be the the kind of stonery guys bleachers, under the bleachers, right? Yeah, the guys under the bleachers. Yeah. Um, I thought they were trying pretty hard to be, you know, to be different and, you know, the freaky guys. 
because yeah yeah the conversation's a little weird he's just talking about wearing a i don't know like a decapitated guy on his shirt yeah. to church <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, you know it's something that teenagers can you know sometimes do to it's like ooh, let's shock the guy at church and he was shocked and yeah, it it seems like uh, he he might have been overcompensating a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, but you know, in a kind of mm, amusing way, not you know, not obnoxious or anything. Yeah, what'd you what'd you guys think, uh, Katrin and Aisha? They were very typical, like almost cliche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. Like... Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Actually, on that first yeah. shot. Yeah. yeah. And well, at the same time, they do remind me of people from my school. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that too. I mean, cliches exist for a reason, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They're uh, they come from someplace. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I was definitely. <laughs> it feels like forever ago, but when I was in high school back in the day, I uh, <laughs> definitely hung out under the bleachers and smoked cigarettes and talked about how I wish I could wear my metal shirts to church with my parents on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) So I may or may not be the cliche, but at least we know that it exists in real life, right? I think we've all been a cliche at one point or another in our lives. (laughs) Okay, good to know I'm not alone on that. (laughs) Okay, so then after we talk to to freaks for a little while, we, we get introduced to... It's uh, Daniel is James Franco. Um, Nick is Jason Siegel. I'm not sure we actually got Seth Rogen's name in the show. Did we get Seth Rogen's name in the show? Do you guys know? Gosh, I don't think I so. Not, not, I did not catch so. anyone's name. Yeah, okay. yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they even said his. But, um, but yeah, and then there was, there was another guy that we didn't see for the rest of the episode, I think, that was under the bleachers with them also. Right, and, and they they really did try to introduce these characters as organically as possible to where you may not have gotten everyone's name. Sometimes with pilots, it's just so, you can just, it's so formulaic. They're like, oh, now we're going to learn all about this character because we're meeting them for the first time. They did. From the beginning, they tried not to do that. And it's kind of apparent now where you're like, I don't know if I really even caught everybody's name. It's just kind of, they were trying to be organic. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um and and then they have before we actually go over to the geeks we we get a small shot of Lindsay just kind of looking under the bleachers and like seeing what's going on and then she just kind of walks away before we go over to the geeks. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. uh not that I, I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm saying too much or, or forcing the hand or anything, but uh I think that's very symbolic of her entire attitude at this point in her life. Just the way that she's looking under the bleachers, but she's not going there, you know? She's just mm-hmm. creeping around, wondering. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really have a place right now. Yeah, yeah. it's very high She's school. kind of recently left her old identity and is kind of trying to fit in with the new one. Yeah, yeah you definitely get that feeling later on. That, yeah. Yeah, once... once um, even when... Not to jump ahead, but... Um, before Millie comes in, you kind of get that idea, but then when Millie comes in, it's you know, it's made real, real obvious what's going on. Yeah, she's right. like the—I uh, hope I'm using this word correctly—the antithesis of what she's 
going towards. She's like the opposite. Mm-hmm. She's like coming yeah. from there. You used it correctly. Cool. That's the first time I've ever used that word in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, from now on, you don't have to use disclaimers. You just say it with authority. And I swear I don't have a dictionary or a thesaurus open right next to me right now. <laughs> so after we see Lindsay, we go over to the geeks for the first time, like I said, and uh, we're introduced not only to Sam, uh, Neil, and Bill. Neil would be the little one with the fro. Uh-huh. Sam is the 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 weird kid, and um, Bill the tall, nerdy one with the glasses. The Napoleon Dynamite one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So then we we not only meet them, but we also meet Alan, who is clearly the bad guy of this episode. Oh my yeah. god, Alan! Him. I, I have in my notes just <laughs> Alan. What's his deal? Because <laughs> that's what I want to ask you guys. What do you think Alan's deal is? Oh. He seems so randomly angry. I mean... Yeah. Um, You know, I didn't really think about whether he would have some big reveal later on. I, I mean, I kind of thought of him as a plot device. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if they'll come back to him and, and he'll become something more later on or not. Um. He definitely, to me, he seemed like he had a... I mean, he kept saying, you're dead, you're dead, but he never actually did much of anything other than anno- be annoying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah kind of just seemed like the stereotypical TV bully to me. Yeah, he seems like yeah. he had no reason for it, too, right? Like, yeah. Like, I, I yeah. got the sense that he was he was doing the pick on or be picked on thing. Mm. Like if he didn't, mm. if he wasn't the one picking on the those boys, then somebody else would have been picking on him. I get the exact same impression. Oh yeah, like his bike is so funny to me. Did you guys notice his <laughs> yeah. bike? It is so nerdy, and like the front wheel is so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see that his was... bike again, but just take a look at his bike. You just you know he's not he's not like the big popular jock that you know picks on oh no nerds really hardcore you can tell he's just slightly better yeah. less nerdy than yeah. the geeks yeah i never got the idea that he was a uh, a jock but that he was in some other well he w- he showed up with a group at first didn't he yeah or there was, was all... like there was yeah. like two kids with him when he first walked up to them right oh yeah and then later on um sam talks about and when he's talking with his sister, he says about taking on him and his group. Yeah. Or just him by himself. Yeah. So he has a group, but they seem to be just another kind of misfit. Yeah, I think I think that could definitely you can make a case for that. I the my immediate impression of him when I first see him is just that <clears throat> he wants so bad to not be like them that. He'll uh-huh. do anything to separate himself from from what they are perceived as. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Yeah. <laughs> um. So after we meet all the the geeks and so that, I mean, that's you get the whole introduction right there. You're introduced to to mm-hmm. pretty much the whole cast within the first two minutes of the show, right there. And then we actually start moving in. I mean, this whole episode basically is just a lot. There's a lot of introductions, even though there's a big 
plot to it. Like, I guess there there is a real plot to it that uh, can be almost summed up like 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 Emily said in the last episode. It's almost like a, a little mini movie. It's got its own yeah. thing. It's almost got an end to it and everything too. But uh, throughout the entire course of it, we're introduced to a lot of characters, obviously, and they kind of spread out the introductions. But uh, the main cast, you're introduced to right away. And then after them, we're introduced to the parents when they're sitting down and eating uh, dinner. Yeah. But we skipped over the fact that Lindsay's a badass. Right. Lindsay, yeah. That's right. Badass in quotations. How'd you feel about that? (laughs) I thought her judgment was a little off as far as, you know, wanting to protect her brother, but not doing it in the best way for her brother. Right. Uh, this reminds me immediately of uh, he he's not going to say it, is he? Yes, he is. Of a Buffy episode when Xander is getting bullied by Larry and Buffy comes up behind Larry and pushes him into the vending machine and then mm-hmm. Xander's like, you ruined my masculinity forever. That's exactly the She does that I to guess. Jonathan on the beach in one of the episodes too. Oh yeah, and he's actually true. yelling for help. He gets <laughs> mad at her. <laughs> well, the fact of the matter is, guys don't want help physically right. from girls. <laughs> it's just <laughs> they they don't want that to happen because, and it it has absolutely nothing to do with girls actually in general. It's just the fact that other guys are going to say <laughs> that they're a wuss just for, mm-hmm. because of that. Well, they're already comparing them to girls because, of course, that's the big insult is because you know. There's nothing nothing that you can insult someone with more than being female. And uh <laughs> and then when a girl, you know, saves them, it just makes it it's it's just bad. It's bad. Agreed. And yeah. then I mean right after right after she does that. Did you get the impression that she was trying like what do you think of Lindsay? Do you think that she's that 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 she was that she's trying I I don't know about you. I get the, I get the feeling that she's kind of uh, trying to be that person. You know what I mean? Like she's trying to be the person that helps, as mm-hmm. opposed to just doing it. I it's a it's a fine line to walk. You know, I, I don't want to sound like I'm criticizing her too much because obviously she's doing the right thing by wanting to help her brother. But it almost felt like she was like doing it so that she could feel like like Aisha said before when she quote unquote a badass like she wanted to feel like she was quote unquote a badass did anybody else get that impression my feeling was that she was pretty much what you just said just slightly different which was that she was doing what made her feel good whether it was being a badass or not but she was helping her brother, but she was not thinking about her brother as much as she was thinking about her desire to help him. him. Yeah. So you think she was doing the right thing, but for kind of selfish reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I mean, I, when my bro- when if someone picks on my brother, like I would help, I would help him out and like <laughs> do the same thing she would have done, and I've done it before. Oh yeah. What's mm-hmm. what's the age disparity between you and your brother? He's a year older than me, but. Ooh. Um, <laughs> he is like special needs. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So I mean, of course you're supposed to. Of course you're supposed to stand up for your family. You know what I mean? Like in every in any yeah. situation, you're supposed to be there doing it. But uh, yeah. So that's why I didn't think anything of that 
Like, she was only protecting her family. Yeah, I think it's just the way, you know, the way she does it, like saying, you know, somebody less than 100 pounds and, and stuff like that. You know, she really, it was kind of, it was embarrassing for him. It would have been, it would have made a lot more, probably would have been a lot better for him if she stood next to him and said, you know, if you're taking him, then you'd have to take me too type thing. Like we're standing together as opposed to get away from him or I'll beat you up, you know? Yeah, that's probably true. But at the same time, I think he probably would have reacted the same way regardless. Mm. You know, no matter no matter what she said, how she said mm-hmm. it, I think he still probably would have been embarrassed mm-hmm. because of the situation. And it's true. Yeah. He is, he's like a tiny little person. You know, he's, yes, so, he is. he's so small and cute and like you just want to like pick him up and stick him in your pocket. And <laughs> I don't... I, if he obviously has to have insecurities about that. Although, let me just say this now and we'll get into it later. I think he's extremely bold for for how yeah. he is. He's definitely got some uh some cojones to him. Yeah. When yeah. you're that short, you have to have them. Yeah. Well, if I was that short, I would be scared Never. out of for my life all the time. You know, I would be way I would be so insecure if I was as tiny as he was. But uh, he, but he's got he's 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 willing to go that extra mile to try to get what he wants. I appreciate that about him. My son's comment. He said to me, "It seems like they had real kids on this show. I mean, not you know adults playing kids or how old are these people?" And so we looked him up, and he was like fourteen or something yeah. at the time. It's not and... like twenty-five-year-old Tom Welling playing fourteen-year-old Clark Kent in Smallville. Yeah. Yeah. Lindsay, the woman who plays Lindsay is a lot older, but uh, but he is 14 and he looks 10. (laughs) You you should see him now because he still looks 10, except he's (laughs) three feet taller. (laughs) Yeah, he's on Bones. Yeah. Yeah, He's he's actually my favorite character on Bones. Yeah, he does a great job on Bones. So does he have like a main part? Yeah. Yeah, he's in the main cast. He's the psychologist. Yeah, and they're always making jokes about how young he looks. Yeah, because when the show first started, like when he first joined the cast, he was uh, he was like the youngest psychologist ever in the FBI or something like that. Like they made a big deal about it. Oh. But now he's been with the show for like six years. So yeah, and he still looks exactly the same as when he started. He's... It, it's really amazing. His face looks. Yeah. It, it doesn't <laughs> look like it's changed in the last no. fifteen years. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna have to check out an episode just to see. As soon as I I was saying, he was one of the most... He was actually... I think I recognized him before I recognized the rest of them, oddly enough. Cool. So, all right. After... Uh, um, oh, wait, wait, wait. I just wanted to say, do you get, did you guys... What about the geeks besides Sam? Did you ne- recognize Neil or Bill from anything? I feel like I recognized the tiny guy. Neil? Neil. Yeah. yeah. Neil I, Schweiber. I, I thought I recknized him from somewhere, too. Um, I don't know where. I don't know where it would be, but I know he used to be on all those old, uh, the VH1, like I love the 90s and I love the 80s and stuff like that. He used to pop up on those. Oh. Oh. That's all I can remember him from, though. I know he's been around, though. He's definitely got that familiar face. Mm-hmm. And then Bill. Yeah, he, he's been around, but. Bill was actually. Uh, be like, oh, he's blah, blah, blah. Bill's been in a lot of stuff. Bill's been in uh he was also in knocked up he's been in a lot of the the other judd apatow stuff 
But mm. aside from that, he was in the show Party Down. I don't know if any of you have seen that. Um, oh. He was in an episode or two of Community. Uh, nope. He was in an episode of Parks and Recreation. He's been in uh, basically as like one person, like one episode of every funny show that's ever been made in the last. And he is years. he is not nerdy at all in real life. Yeah, no, he's definitely not. <laughs> so he's really playing a character. Yeah, which is amazing because the first thing I notice when the geeks walk out into the to the courtyard during their introduction is just the conversation that they're having where they're just what was it about? Uh, you said it was about a movie. Caddyshack. Yeah, yeah they're okay. quoting Caddyshack. This is Caddyshack. They really do seem like real kids at that point, and he seems like the nerdiest of the nerds also. Like yeah. He, he's doing a great job there. I totally believe that that was him. <laughs> All right, so now we know the actors. We'll probably come to more as we go on, but let's get back into the show. So after after that, we, we go into the opening title credits. What do you got? Oh, yeah. I mean, I isn't it awesome? I love it too. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Just them sitting down. It's it uh, encompasses kind of what the show is about, just by each character so beautifully. And Jason mm-hmm. Siegel, my good lord, just looks so stoned when he's sitting there <laughs> taking that picture. Just so confused <laughs> throughout the whole episode, for that matter. Guy that just looks like he's been smoking ganja all day long. <laughs> yeah, I have a fun fact face. about the credits. Um, Jason, he wait, a lot wait, of wait, times. Wait, wait. Oh, story am I saving time. all fun? Oh. Story time <laughs> with Emily. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jason Siegel, when he every time before a scene, he would like rub his eyes really hard to look stoned. But I think it's funny because it mostly seemed to just make the area around his eyes red <laughs> instead of like bloodshot. But anyway, if you look, when Seth Rogen is getting his pictures taken, you can see Jason Siegel in the background madly rubbing his eyes. <laughs> Preparing to look stoned in his picture. So, yes. That's hilarious. I actually, I just assumed that he was high. <laughs> Honestly, I was just like, he's got to be hot. He just looks so high. No, he he explains it, and he says that he did so much eye rubbing that he actually started making his eyes, like, hurt so bad that he decided he better stop, or he was going to, like, damage them. That's interesting. Now I want to, like, watch as the show goes on to see if his eyes get less and less red as it goes on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so the opening credits, Bad Reputation, awesome song for it. And then uh, we cut out and we go into the, to the, we meet the parents at the dinner table. All right, this is our first Weir family dinner. Yes, it is. So you guys have Wait, a... Wait, their last name is actually Weird? Not Weird, Weir, W-E-I-R. Oh, which lends itself to bullying, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> sure does. But Alan jumps on it very cleverly. <laughs> yeah, because Alan's one of those smart guys. Yes. <laughs> so witty. Yes. Um, so what would you guys think of the parents? Oh, my God. The dad. I love the dad. You remind me of the coach from Mean Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. They're trying so hard. They really are. They're, uh, They're trying so hard. The mom is obviously just so so very nice and sweet. Like, she's just got that whole, like... That uh, that friendly mom aura. That they're good parents. They really are. They're so funny. <laughs> but the but dad. Yeah, the, I mean, the dad. Like, he has what he tells like four stories, and they all result in somebody dying at the end of them. <laughs> That's I mean, why he don't have sex. 
Yes, <laughs> because then you'll become a heroin addict and die. <laughs> On graduation day. <laughs> On graduation night. <laughs> I, I love I loved the, you know, having sex and dying of heroin. I was just like, okay, all right. Because <laughs> they just go hand class. in hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he seems good-hearted as well. He's just, you know, that's his way of trying to knock some sense into these kids. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, no, so they I... won't die. <laughs> that's That seems like it's all that he cares about. He just doesn't want her to die, so. He's doing well, a he good job. Want, she doesn't want her to do him to, He doesn't want her to do any of those things that will lead to eventually all of these people having died. Yeah. And you've got yes. to consider also that um, that they're used to her being that goody two shoes girl that we see throughout part of the episode, you know, the one that used to be a mathlete and all that stuff. So when they hear about her doing anything for that matter, that that's that's maybe a little bit off. They're probably going to overreact, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and and they obviously they're you know this is this is what the father has decided you know, the tack to take. And he apparently doesn't have a real huge imagination. Hmm. So, you know, trying he, to make it work. But he does know a lot of stories about people dying and how it happens. <laughs> True. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get the impression, like you said, like they're good hearted. You know, yeah, and I love how the mom is just shaking her head so seriously when he starts in on his <laughs> stories. Yeah, <laughs> it, like cuts to her, and she's just like closing her eyes, nodding her head. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, "Yep, listen to him. He's got some great yes. points here." <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> so true. You know what happened to Janis Joplin? <laughs> and he's just like, <laughs> she's like, "Yeah, yeah, we know what happened to Janis Joplin." I love when he asks Sam if he understands what uh what he was talking about. <laughs> And Sam just kind of looks up and half smiles and says, yeah, and then looks back down at his food like he had no idea how to react there. He, the actor, I don't know what his, the actor's name is, he really is doing already doing a really good job. I it's mean, Joe uh, Flaherty, and he's like he's like the vet of the whole cast. He's who? Which one? The dad. Oh, okay. Oh, I was talking about the kid. Oh, that, oh I'm sorry. That's John Francis Daly. <laughs> Sam. As John Francis Davis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's doing a great job. The the father too. The father was, you know, doing a very good job. But just, you know, the fact that the Sam is able to, you know, come up with like a lot of different things going across his face as he as he tries to figure out what his father's talking about and what the right answer is, whether he should lie to him and say, "Yes, of course I understand," or just tell him the truth and Obviously, the answer is lie and go for it. Yeah. He, you know. he absolutely encompasses awkwardness. He's mm-hmm. got that down. And you get, like, the opening credits. You can see it right in the opening credits. When he takes his picture, he sits down and he just looks around in about 60 different directions trying to figure out <laughs> what's about to happen. And then he gets the picture taken and he's not even looking at the camera. That's Sam for you. Mm-hmm. So speaking of Sam, so so after we meet the parents, we go back into the they're, they're doing the lunchroom scene, which is kind of it kind of reminds me of uh, Mean Girls when the, when they first go into the lunchroom and they're looking at the different cliques that are sitting at the different tables, and you get that that same shot for shot thing with this where you see the jocks and then you see uh, a couple of like you see Eli walking around. Um, 
talking to people and the jocks are making fun of him and then you see there's a table full of uh full of the artsy people on one side and then you see the, neil's walking around at this point and he finally finds his friends and he sits down with them and immediately alan walks over and smashes twinkies <laughs> like what kind of bullying is that he smashed the kids twinkies <laughs> can you really like go back to your friends and be like yeah i just i do you should have seen what i just did to that kid <laughs> Mr. Kowczewski's like, don't you have anything better to do than to smash Mr. Weir's dessert? (laughs) (laughs) And he's right. He should have something better to do than that. And Bill even references that later when he's like, what's the point of all this? Like, why are you doing this? And But I got to say, Sam, definitely without Lindsay there to help him out, made the absolute wrong decision by calling over a teacher to watch his back. Yeah. It's interesting that he resented Lindsay... But then he put himself in the second worst scenario. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first worst is having a girl come and save you. But the second worst is call you asking a teacher to save you. I got to say, I think I think I would switch those around. Really? Yeah, I would oh, okay. much. I would much rather have my my sister come to my defense than because if your sister comes to your defense, okay, people can say. You know, they'll say, oh, you're, you're a little snitch. girl or whatever. Yeah, but you're a snitch if you tell the teacher. Mm. Being a snitch or a tattletale, that's like the worst. That's the worst thing that you could get on your on your record when you first get to high school. Because then nobody okay. trusts you also. Not only are you an outcast, but nobody wants to tell you anything, too. Hey, I bow to better understanding of this stuff. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. You'll, you'll learn as we go. <laughs> No, I mean, it's one of those things that, especially putting myself in position of a guy, you know, there's that. And also, I I don't know. I mean, I guess, I don't know about anybody else, but I, I don't think I ever really went to teachers for any of the stuff that helped. But I did kind of, I remember when I was in high school, kind of resenting the fact that the teachers didn't seem to, um, like, I've got the feeling that they knew what was going on. And they just weren't going to step in at all. Right. Like they didn't care? Yeah. I Like they were just shutting their eyes and saying, okay, we aren't going to, you know, we aren't going to pay attention to this. And uh, and even though I, I wouldn't go to a teacher, I kind of resented them for not stepping in on their own. Well, you're a teacher, right? Yeah. Have you ever had a kid come up to you and, uh, you know, oh, yeah. ask you for help? And oh, yeah. How do you feel in those situations? If... If the, if they're being bullied, then absolutely. And you know, I I always keep it quiet as to who told me, so that you know nobody would be considered you know a target or something for more retribution. I just you know I'll I'll take the the kid who's doing the bullying and basically say, hey, I've heard this from more than one source, which I usually check around with other kids and find out what's been going on, and that way no one kid is singled out as a snitch or anything like that Hmm. and uh it's very sneaky i like it (laughs) watch out (laughs) (laughs) but carol's got your back folks so you ever got a problem just tell her yeah absolutely hey (laughs) if you're in one of my schools you know yeah so after we get that whole thing going on we go over and see where the where the freaks hang out which is the smoking patio 
And that's where Lindsay first, uh, we, we see Lindsay interact with them for real for the first time when Daniel brings her out to the smoking patio. And I don't know about you guys, but that whole scene was so awkward to me. Oh, yeah. I was totally going to say that. Like in the whole show, this is the most awkward. I don't know. It, I think it was supposed to be kind of awkward, but oh yeah, yeah. I think... It is more awkward than it should have been, and I think it was Seth Rogen oh, and Jason Segel's fault. <laughs> it was, I would say, a hundred percent Seth Rogen when when he when she says, uh, "What can you do?" and then Seth Rogen goes, "Yeah, what can you do?" and then they just kind of stare for like ten <laughs> seconds. I was just like, "Like, oh my god, turn it off!" There's yeah, I got, there's awkward. one scene later really in this is. episode though that makes me feel way more awkward. Oh, I don't really? know if you guys know which one I'm referring to. I but, don't, because uh... that is my big-time awkward scene. All right, well, I'll, I'll bring well, it up when we get there. Okay, I I think I can guess. Yeah, well, why don't you just take your guess now? Is it the scene with uh, with uh, the blonde in the hallway with her? No, but that's awkward as hell, too. <laughs> this whole yeah, episode's that's a little pretty awkward. awkward. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I thought there were a lot of awkward scenes in the whole thing. It was kind of, I, yeah. I was I was referring to the one on the bleachers. But anyway, back to where we are in the episode. So they're out on the patio, and uh, I actually write what I have here is the smoking patio scene. Seth Rogen makes everything awkward, and then <laughs> introduction to Millie, which we already talked about. But uh, yeah, Millie shows up for the first time and just walks over, and just under her breath is kind of like Lindsay wins. <laughs> and uh, Lindsay immediately is feeling more awkward than we felt watching the show five seconds before that. And that's where we really get to, to find out kind of her roots, you know, where she was before this first episode. <clears throat> All right, so after we meet Millie, uh, we get the whole scene, like I said, with her roots, and uh, we go back to the lunchroom and we get another introduction. This introduction is... Uh, Cindy Sanders. Cindy Sanders is, in case you didn't catch her name, she's the girl that found Sam's jacket, the cheerleader, and oh, brought it over to him. Right. So, what'd you guys yeah. What'd you guys think of that whole scene when they're talking about what it means that she brought the jacket to Sam? That whole scene with her, like, just remind me of if you guys seen this movie, not another teen movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, and like she it just like it reminded me of how they had like the perfect teenage girl who like all the guys like lusted up over. She was played by Lacey Chabert. Sh- yeah, Chabert, and like like every time she appeared on the screen, like music would play, and then every time <laughs> she appeared, if she left, the music would stop, and they're like, "Hey, what happened to the music?" Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, that was a pretty funny movie. She was supposed to be doing a. Uh... Jennifer Love Hewitt's Jennifer, part yeah. from Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah. Yeah, but no, you're right. She's got she's kinda got that whole uh that whole everybody should want her thing going on. There's yeah. there's a bunch of iconic kind of scenes in this in this pilot. Like it's one of the things when you mentioned about the lunchroom, it's like every high school movie, T V show, play, anything has got to have the lunchroom, you know, walking through the lunchroom scene, and they've all got to have the perfect girl that everybody's in love with scene, and you know, and they do all do it a little differently. But if if they weren't in there, you would be like totally lost because that is part of 
that's an iconic part of high school too. It know? absolutely is. I agree. I think it's kind of hard sometimes um, for – I don't know if it's hard for the shows, but, but for people that are watching shows, sometimes I think it's difficult to differentiate between how high school actually is and how TV portrays high school because the truth is that angsty, hormonal, romance-driven high school stuff that they show where you're like, oh, my God, that's so cliched is pretty much exactly how it is most of the time. I, I don't know about worse. you guys, but it was that's how it was for me. I mean, I was super angsty, though. I was, <laughs> and I was a hopeless romantic, and uh, everything was all about relationships. And I was willing to sleep through class just to dream about the girls that I wanted to dream about, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so so she brings Sam's jacket, and then they're just like. Bill's like, she's in love with you. Because <laughs> like, she brought him his jacket. She walks through the hallway and brought him his jacket. People must have seen it. So that means love, Yeah, their over-analyzation is great. I did you guys totally do that in high school? I did, absolutely. Everything meant something. Oh, yeah. And you just, oh, you yes. and your friends just over-analyzed it for sure. <laughs> yeah, Katrin, you're still in high school. You got, you got friends that are like that. Maybe you're like that, actually. Uh, I've definitely got friends that are like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, but it's it's kind of true. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like, I would be like calling a girl for the first time or something like that. Like, if I was on the phone with a girl that I liked for the first time, it was like if I said one small thing wrong, I would be like, "Up, oh, that's it. She she will never want to talk to me again." <laughs> <laughs> like every little thing meant so much to me. I don't know. I, I could definitely see myself having that exact conversation. I love how it escalates from the from when they start the conversation to the end of the conversation with it being like, well, she's in love with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> First it was, what does it mean? And then it was, yeah. I think she likes you. And then it was, she's in love with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree entirely. And then I, I love the fact that when she's talking about bringing the jacket to Sam, they're all, uh, if you just look at the three of them, they're just standing there with their mouths wide open. Just like, yes. oh my god, I can't believe this girl is talking to us right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Alright, so then after that, we get our, our uh, introduction to Kim Kelly, which is Busy Phillips. She's the girl that dumped out Lindsay's purse. What did you guys think of her? <laughs> your first meeting of her like I love the ad- actress and everything else she's done but like I wanted to like her in this too but like she was so mean oh I hated her so bad that first time I saw it you need to oh, watch her I just Cougar thought she Town. was horrible she is awesome on Cougar Town yeah I'm gonna have to check that out I've never seen her in anything else just you know her character I just thought oh I just I didn't hate Busy Phillips I just yeah, I mean, I the character is like, what is your problem? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that's that's the way you, a lot of high school, as I recall, yeah. was, you know, just uh, looking around and saying, really? What? <laughs> as a matter of fact, like Bill, teacher, I, Bill. <laughs> I still do it. In the locker room, he just goes, Alan, what's the point of all this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the voice of reason. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that one line embodies, like, pretty much this whole totally. episode. <laughs> yeah, totally. so... And at- bullying in general. What? 
sense is your point, really. I mean, why? You know what I kind of liked about that scene, though? Uh, after Busy, or Busy, after Kim is, uh, <laughs> is kind of starting to torment Lindsay, the other three, or at least the other two of the three, Jason Siegel and uh, James Franco, are kind of like, chill out. Like, what's your problem? Why are you messing with Lindsay? And even James Franco even says at one point, she's our friend. Like, because Kim says, why are you even hanging out with her? James Franco's like, she's our friend. And I kind of liked that. It was like, they they stood up, they didn't stand up for her in, like, that very cliche, like, I'm literally going to stand in front of you and stop you <laughs> from doing this type thing. But they were, like, sympathetic. They were on her side. Yeah, yeah they sympathetic. were sympathetic towards her. I, I was surprised by that, actually, because I even have a note here that, um... It seems like, you know, they come off like nice guys and that they took her in pretty quickly, mm-hmm. that they took Lindsay into their group pretty quickly, especially since this other girl, whatever her name was, um, the blonde. Kim. 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 Seems like she has history with them. I would, by the way they acted, maybe not such great history, but uh, it, I was kind of surprised that uh, Lindsay was part of the group so quickly i uh i thought about that also the the one thing that the show doesn't really make very clear though is how much interaction they have had before this episode because you don't really know like when she first walks up to to james franco daniel in the hallway she says hey daniel he's he says like hey, hey Lindsay, what's going on and then he's like, yeah. come out with us. So, like, they obviously have spoken before, you know? They've probably... Yeah, I think I think the Lindsay Daniel thing is the biggest mystery. Yeah, They've it's... obviously talked a few times, I would say. Now, Jason's like, you're the chick in my English class. So, he had a class with her, but kind of just a, oh, you're that chick. Like, he noticed her. Yeah. And Seth, I don't... He doesn't even say it. He doesn't care about what's yeah, happening. Yeah, he doesn't seem... I don't know. He yeah. probably saw her yeah. around. He was just angry at everyone else being angry at him for failing. Yeah, I I agree that um, definitely she had a connection with um, James Franco's character, whatever his name is. Daniel. And I'm not good with names. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to rub them into your face. Don't Thank worry. you. Nick. You'll know Nick. them all. The, Nick, Nick is Jason written. Siegel, yes. <laughs> Oh, Nick is Jason Seagull. Oh, <laughs> I wrote, I wrote down wrong. Because we, yeah. we were going through it at the beginning, I tried to take quick notes. All right, now, okay, now you, tell, you tell me what Seth Rogen's character's name is right now. Oh, stop it. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> right. Wait, Seth Rogen? Yeah. Isn't he... I don't think they said his name. His name's Ken. His name's Ken. <laughs> his name is Ken, okay, okay. but I don't Ken. think they said it. Okay. So what is James Franco's name? Daniel. 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 Okay. Daniel Desario. So, yeah. So Lindsay and Daniel, um, you could tell that they definitely, when they when she walked up to him, she was not approaching someone she didn't know. Right. Or approaching someone she wasn't used to talking to. So there was a connection there. I got that. And then when they went outside... The other guys, though, weren't exactly... Eh, they were welcoming to some degree. Not Seth Rogen, but, you know, um, Nick was. And uh, But even so, he was kind of awkward with her, and he was kind of off-putting with her, too. So that's the why disco. when they got... Huh? <laughs> what? He's talking about the dance having disco, and he's like... Ooh, ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Because they're kind of making fun of her for the dance thing. Right. 
Yeah. And that her yeah. dad is making her go. <laughs> right. Right. So when in the hallway, that, that struck me as kind of, you know, like, I mean, as I say, they came off as nice guys, which is good. But I was just surprised. And then when, when there was the switch between her her being friends with Dan. Daniel. Dick? Daniel. Daniel. My pencil went through the paper when I was making my note here. <laughs> Dan. Daniel. And then all of a sudden she's she's friends with Nick and he's offering to take her to the dance. I was like, whoa, they just switched guys. That's unusual. Yeah. That That doesn't happen very often. I sent some, like, maybe some kind of love triangle coming up. Yeah. I actually had a note where I wondered whether um, whether that was the plan, whether um, uh, Nick always kind of liked her and Dan sort of brought her into the group because Nick liked her. I don't know. Wait, Jason Siegel is Nick? Yeah, Jason yes. Siegel is Nick. Okay. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it's... We're gonna have to wait and find out, but it was I, the thought. I don't know. It's it definitely. I could see where you're coming from there. I, I think. I mean, they definitely make it clear that Nick has interest in Lindsay, though, right? Every. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. And that Lindsay has yeah. likes Daniel, James Franco, She's, whatever. I yeah, think. You know, I think there's the element. I think Lindsay might be interested in Daniel, not necessarily because he's, he's Daniel, but yeah, I think it might be because, I think it might be because of what he represents almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what I got. I to. also think she thinks he's cute though. Well, he is cute, right? Come on. He is cute. He's a good looking guy. Oh my God, it's October. <laughs> it is. <laughs> You're it's right. not October here yet. <laughs> not here either. I've got two more hours. That's the weirdest oh, thing in the world. It's hour. October here, yeah. I'll never get over time changes. I mean, it's We're October now. It's... Future. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, anyway, let's not think about that. <laughs> yeah, let's get back into reality. So, yeah, the freak, the freak stand-up for Lindsay. I got here. Yeah. So that that whole thing happens, and then uh, after that, we go. We cut to Lindsay outside. Or, or we cu- we cut to Eli outside actually asking girls to the dance. Lizzie, oh my goodness! Lizzie I love one. Eli so much. <laughs> He's so cute. Ben Foster. Do you guys know Ben Foster? Ben Foster. He's the actor. Yeah, that plays oh. Eli. When He's... I first saw Eli, I thought he was being played by Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Ben oh Foster had a reoccurring role on Six Feet Under. If anyone's seen that. I've seen I Ben Foster in a couple movies. Okay, yeah, he's he's a pretty, you know, he's he's been out there quite a bit. Um, anyway, he he does amazing in this role, I think. Yeah, I, I was mean, real he, impressed. Yeah, he was believable. Yeah, very believable, yeah. and he was very likable as well. Absolutely, he, I agree. 100%. I mean, he, oh, I know. He wasn't on screen very long, but by the time that scene came up with Lindsay, you know, you just. You truly felt horrified by you know the whole thing. Yeah, at least I, I did. Well, what did you think of what did you think of Lindsay coming to his rescue in this situation? Just doing the whole "Will you go to prom with?" I mean, "Will you go to the dance with me?" I think it was super, totally appropriate. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. it was cute. Yeah. yeah, yeah, me too. I thought it, I thought it was. It, I mean, it showed. 
I mean, she was doing it in a way to, you know, to stop these guys in their tracks. But it was like it took a lot of guts in many ways for it to, you know, to go that direction. And, yeah, it was like, good for you. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Especially when you consider... Um just social standing in that situation and and what she's what she's trying to accomplish is she's trying to get herself out of the whole mathlete thing and and be more of one of the people that doesn't care that much but she can't help but caring in this situation she can't help but be that nice girl yeah I think. exactly she's like, a good person see that scene unlike the scene that we see a little bit later mm -hmm. in my opinion this one seems very genuine like she oh, was sure. strictly there mm -hmm. just because she couldn't control her niceness, <laughs> you know. Like it was just out of control, and she had to do something nice there. When they get to that bleacher scene, and she starts again, I just, oh, I just groan. I'm like, really again? Yeah. Lindsay, stay out of this one. <laughs> well, let's let's skip to that now, and we'll come back to to the dodgeball in a second. Um, so she, so she goes out there and she sees uh, Goldberg. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever seen this kid in anything else. The he looked the, familiar. The chubby kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, he for, familiar. He's been in a lot yeah, of I, stuff. Yeah. Is he? I don't know him at all. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff also. But so so they're. I don't know what you would consider what they're doing. Like I, I don't think they're really teasing him, but they're. Yeah, they're having they are. fun. At his they expense. are. They're having yeah, fun at his expense, are. but I think yeah. that they're they're they're. There, there's a certain line that they know that they're not going to cross. You know what I mean? Right. And I think the Lindsay crosses that line immediately. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. She's. <laughs> and that scene to me, that is just the one where I, I literally, whenever I watch this episode, I have to look away because I'm just like, when he he gets so vi so visually upset once yeah. she says it. You know, he's just yeah. first he's like, wait a minute. And then yeah. he just gets more upset and more upset as it goes mm -hmm. to the point where he just has to run away. Yeah. And then he falls off the bleachers and breaks his <laughs> arm. <laughs> I mean, that could not have gone any worse. Yeah. This scene actually reminds me of um, some people on my bus last year. There was a special needs kid and people treated him kind of the way those two guys were treating Eli mm -hmm. at the beginning of the scene. Like, they weren't they're not really making fun of him, but they are, and think that he thinks that they're friends and being nice. I don't know. It rubbed me the wrong way. Well, that was a scene. Where, that was the scene where my son um, said, "Now that's the truth." Mm -hmm. I believe he was what he said at the end of that scene. He said his comment was, "You know, now they have a whole anti-bullying thing, and kids know that they'll get in trouble if they're obvious about bullying, so they." do this underhanded kind of stuff yeah um, and that's you know he was saying that's the kind of stuff you see all the time and uh and, and good it, for you caitlin on that bus for not stopping it stepping in and actually calling <laughs> the kid retarded <laughs> good on you <laughs> all right well let's get back to the show we got so so after after all that happens and everybody We're up feels... to, what, halfway through? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we should... I forced us to spend a lot of time talking about the actors in the beginning, so don't worry. Um... Yeah, the recording's only two hours long. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're only at two hours right now, right? 
Um, so let's let's jump back and go to the dodgeball scene. So oh my God. they start playing dodgeball, and let me preface this by saying that I effing loved dodgeball in high school. <laughs> it was my favorite thing to do. It was so much fun. I could I can't even relate to them hating dodgeball because it is one of the greatest sports ever invented. I agree. We played it in <laughs> girls and I loved it. It's fun. Who said they hated it? Was that you, Katrin? Yes. Okay, why do you hate dodgeball? I want to know. Well, because I can't throw or run or dodge and what they call athletically challenged so it's just not a good game for me okay well i understand that that makes a lot of sense i guess Mm -hmm. that that sounds like sam athletically challenged unable but he did catch that one ball he was was horrified when he did (laughs) but but he was a pretty quick little runner Uh, he was but he's he also dodged pretty well. He's, I mean, you got to assume he's probably got some practice dodging, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's also very small. He's a tiny target. So. Yeah. I am also very small. <laughs> I have true. yet to hit five feet. And you know what? I still cannot run or throw, catch, or, you know, sports. <laughs> you can't sports? Uh-huh. I can't sports. <laughs> I like that. That's. I'm going to use that. <laughs> See, I think I think I love the fact that uh, he he uh, gets to avoid all of those shots. Like he does show that he's like because it shows the, the fear and the terror in his heart. You know, he's just like, oh my god, I so don't want to get hit by one of these balls. And then when he catches that one ball from Allen, I mean, I was just like, yes, yeah, suck it, Allen. <laughs> like I I wanted that to happen so bad, and I can remember a time where that. I was I was playing baseball once when I was probably ten, and the biggest kid, this kid, I, I had a week before this, I had gotten in a fight with this kid where like we were little kids, you know, we were ten, but I was like, "You're a bitch," and he was like, "Oh, really?" And then he pushed me down and pinned me up against the wall and was like, "I'm three feet bigger than you," and I was like, "Okay, you win." <laughs> so we're playing baseball the next week. And I'm at second base playing the field, and he's up to bat, and he smashes the ball. And I literally closed my eyes and stuck my hand up in the air, and it went right into my glove. But it was hit so hard that I literally got pushed off of my feet and landed on my back. But I still had the ball in my hand, and I got up, and the whole team celebrated as if we just won the game, even though it was the middle of the game and we were losing by, like, five runs. But they were just like, yeah, we got him! I can just imagine that. <laughs> and that's, that's exactly how I felt about this. I was like, yeah, Sam, you did it. You you win. I don't care what happens for the rest of the episode. You win this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I Somehow do... sports can do that to you. You know, what? it's the middle of the game. It's just one play, and it's like, okay, that's it. You win. Yeah. It's the <laughs> moment. Sports are about yeah. moments. Like, yeah. people yeah. that don't watch sports a lot of the time, they don't really understand that. But it's it's true. It's uh, You could lose a game. Your favorite team could lose a game. But if there's one magnificent moment that happens in the game, it's all worth it. And yeah. that, that's how a true sports fan looks at it, you know? Yeah, uh, I can't sports either, but, like, when I, I remember when I was in high school. <laughs> when I was in high school, like, I could catch, so whenever we played football, like, I was always, like, the secret weapon, and I would always score the touchdowns. Nobody sees it coming. You just yeah. get it. That's beautiful. I love it. And I then one so day, like, they caught on, and then somebody tackled me into the wall, and, like, my head slammed. 
Oh. Like, like two people tackled me, and then oh. I was just knocked out to the ground. Oh. <laughs> Not such a secret weapon at that point. <laughs> no. Were you about I to say something, kids? Oh, yeah. Like sorry. those victorious, everything is good from now on moments when I'm. Uh, I stage manage shows, and last year uh, I stage managed a production of West Side Story. And there was this one scene where there were about probably. It's like one song long. It's not a long scene, but there were probably like between 15 and 20 different light changes, and they were all within like five seconds of each other, and I had to call every single one of them on time. And if I could make that scene go well, it, I literally did not care what happened for the rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, theater does give you that same rush that people get from sports. There's no two ways about it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I stage managed a show where everything went wrong and I was like throwing cues from the side of the stage and sending cues over to the light booth where on the other side of the stage so they could throw lines out to the actors and stuff. And at the end, it was exhausting, but I was on such a high by the end of just like keeping the show going no matter what. It's It's amazing what, you know, um, I was a swimmer, so I was a competitive swimmer. So it's very similar sort of a, a thing, except it, it's better. <laughs> Theater is better. Theater wins. Yeah. Hands okay. down. <laughs> that, well, uh, what, what was what was the quote? I I, I, I bad theater. All right. <laughs> oh really? All right. Yeah, you do. You got to change that, Rich. Um, I've never Me tried, too. though, to be fair. Maybe I could succeed if I put in a little effort. <laughs> um, all right, so, yeah. Uh, I got to say this, though. In Dodgeball, this is where this is just a little thing that bothered me. And my friend actually pointed out, because I was watching it with him before. He's never seen the show either, and I wanted to show him. Uh, when you catch the ball in Dodgeball, somebody on your team is supposed to come back in. Oh, that, really? And that did not happen. Hmm. I don't know. I've never those played rules. by those rules either. Really? That's the only way I've ever played. Yeah, I think I remember that. It's been a long time since I played dodgeball. It has but, been yeah. a long time. Yeah, it's been even longer for me. I've never. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, now they're not allowed to play dodgeball in New Jersey high schools. Really? Well, Is it for this reason? Because it's violent? I guess. <laughs> but like, I remember my gym teacher got around it by playing a game where you build a, a castle out of hula hoops and then you have to knock it down but it's basically the same rules as dodgeball huh. <laughs> sounds like just a fancier version yeah With Whoever, castle. whoever's castle <laughs> got knocked down first that team lost could you still hit people with the balls yeah because they have to protect the castle and you have to knock them out of the way <laughs> I'm not. Gonna, that sounds like even more fun. Definitely, fun. I could totally get into that. Yo, can you set this up? We will. We. I'm sure they will. Katrin and Emily will come from you know Utah and where are you from? Katrin, Chicago or something? Uh, around Chicago, yeah. Yeah, it's not that bad of a trip. Come on down to Jersey. Nah. All Especially right, Katrin. <laughs> yeah, Kate, not so bad for you. Um, so after that, after the whole thing with uh, Eli and all that happens, we go to. to oh, Mr. I have got, I've got one thing. Yeah, um, I have a story. story it's, 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 <laughs> okay. So, um, Paul, the Paul Feig, the uh, creator of the show, he he says that the essence of the show is 
this girl trying to be nice to the mentally handicapped kid, and then he, in trying to be nice, actually calls him retarded. And then mm-hmm. he breaks his arm. And so Paul is convinced that this scene is why they got canceled. Because there was a drop in the ratings from the first half of the show to the second half. Um, three million people dropped out. Wow. Um, oh. um, they think it's because the sequence is, that commercial sequence is ended by a mentally, a mentally challenged boy, like, screaming, breaking his arm and screaming in pain. And then it's like, cut to commercial. And anyway, they hmm. think that three million people switched to cops at that point. <laughs> and he thinks that that is why they got canceled. But he also feels like what Lindsay did, that's like the essence of the show. Yeah, oh. I agree with both of that. I mean, She's I... trying to be nice and look what happened. <laughs> Armageddon. Arm. Armageddon. I didn't even that. Oh, <laughs> we got to have a pun count. <laughs> Um, I think I, I agree. I think that I mean it kind of sounds like an excuse on his part, honestly, just to say that that's why we got that's why we got canceled. But the truth is, this was 2000, and like I was saying before, 10 years ago is like the age of PC. You know, that's when everybody was freaking out about everything. So right, it's really it's really it is super uncomfortable, and it really it fades to commercial on this like screaming and pain mentally handicapped kid. It's terrible. <laughs> Just maybe you... not the best thing to do on the first episode. <laughs> well, they were obviously trying to pu- push some buttons there, you know. Like they wanted they wanted to solidify what they were about, you know. They wanted to say, hey, we're as hey. different as it comes. Maybe they should have saved that for like the third episode. <laughs> yeah, they were keeping it real. I guess. <laughs> Um, I'll be right back, guys. Sorry. Yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, where are we? Mr. Rosso's office. Yeah, so we get into Mr. Rosso's office. Mm. It's Rosso and, and not Roscoe? Yeah, it's Rosso. R-O-S-S-O. So we get into Mr. Rosso's office, and Lindsay immediately thinks that she's going to be uh, scolded for what happened with Eli, but instead he just inquires her about joining the Mathletes. I swear that guy's been in, like, so many things, playing the same character. With the same beard and the same hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, he was the guidance counselor on that 70s show, I think. But he had, like, a crush on, like, Donna, and it was weird. Oh, wow, I don't oh. even remember Well, that. they actually created this part for Dave Allen. Like, they wrote this part just so Dave Allen would play it. What'd you guys think of him? Did you like him? Just like him? I thought it was interesting that, um... I mean, the way I interpreted that switch was that she thought she was there to talk about stuff that concerned her, and in fact, she was there to talk about stuff that concerned him. The mathletes, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first thing I thought of, too. Uh, it just seemed really uh, selfish. Like, mm-hmm. like not, not, not selfish as much as self-centered, but yeah. yeah. No, I agree entirely. What would you think, uh, Aisha? I don't know if you guys seen Dario, but he reminded me of the nice teacher. Um, the really, really effeminate one? Yeah. With the pink shirt? The guy with the pink shirt? Yeah, the the... guy who was always into, like, whatever, like, like, learning what everyone was feeling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I get more of, like, a hippie vibe from him, you know? Like, I feel like he's he's hippie-ish. I feel like the guy in Daria is just kind of like, uh, he's just like super sensitive. But they're definitely both sensitive. I mean, he's a guidance counselor. He's got to be sensitive, right? 
that's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to like pry into the brains of young <laughs> shaping minds. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry Hi, about Adrian. that. There was an issue with an exploding tube of lotion. Oh, uh, it's all good. I'm actually going to have to, because this takes so long, I'm going to have to take a break for about five minutes soon. All right. Okay. So Nick and Lindsay are in probably English class. He said something about her being in his English class, and she's she pretty depressed. Right. She's pretty depressed about what uh, happened. And so he mentions cutting class. And then we cut to the the geeks and they meet um lee shepherd now mm-hmm. his name is harris let's see the actor is named lee shepherd um so harris and he is referred to as the geek guru um oh my god he's, from, oh, right. he's like a little older and he's like he knows what to do he knows <laughs> what to do in all um these geeky situations he's he's their little guru um so they come to him for advice um yeah, I thought that was an interesting character. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he, uh, well, I, maybe I'll tell that later, but, um. Oh, wait, Rich's not here. Story time with Emily. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, well, okay. He, um, he was, I guess, um, his roommate wanted to try out for this open casting call. And he needed a ride, and so Lee Shepard drove him to the casting call, and they saw him, and they asked him to try out, and so he tried out for one of the geeks, one of the three main geeks, but um, they, after they tried him out, they just rode apart for him. They're like, we gotta have this guy, and Judd Apatow said, all I know is we have to name him Harris. (laughs) (laughs) But this guy's Canadian, and there was a major drama getting him a work visa. Uh-huh. In fact, they were like, uh, it was up until like the day before shooting, they weren't sure they were even going to get this guy, and it was so important to them to get this guy. And um, they were writing letters to senators, and they had to convince the government that the this guy, what, there was like no one in America that could play this particular guy, this part. and So they got him. Um, and he is, he's a very interesting character. But yeah, they kind of designed his part around him. And he didn't even, you know, like he just was driving his roommate. And he wasn't even going to try out or anything. But anyway, so that's where we got him. Um, I don't think like- that's... It's probably the only character that I think I haven't seen before. Yeah. Well, I don't think he really works. I don't know. He may. No, not actor. I mean oh. character. You know, the, oh. because the, most of the characters are kind of, you know, I mean, they're supposed to be sort of iconic right. you know, yeah. people you've met at school and stuff. And I don't think Never I've ever met a Harris. <laughs> I know. Like I, I think I have. <laughs> have you? Yeah. 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 I, I know Harris's. Yeah, like in the um, the cartoon with Millie, like there's a character like him, who like gave advice, who was like an older like geek or something, and he gave advice to the younger geeks. It was funny. It just reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah, geek guru. Yeah, hmm. you need those. <laughs> <laughs> of course, his advice was kind of sketchy. I like it. He had like he. Um... One of the bullies, I don't remember his name, but it was the that bully's name, the conundrum. <laughs> he had a 
he had a conundrum just built just for him, where if you face your bully, then you're gonna, he's not gonna hurt you anymore, which I don't know how true that is. Yeah, I... Whether you win or lose, I don't know. It it didn't seem like good advice to me. <laughs> it just did not seem like good advice at all. I mean... Well, we'll see if it is, I guess. My, my note on this was something to the effect that, uh, I don't know where it is here, but was something to the effect that it always seemed to me like there were, if you're going to confront the bully, you either need some skills so you win, or you've got to do it where peop- there's a lot of people around so that that you can basically embarrass him out of it or something. Like, uh, my dad used to say that he used to be a bouncer. He was a skinny guy, mm-hmm. that, but he would be a bouncer for, like church group like if their church group or something was doing a a a dance or something he and a bunch of the other guys would act as bouncers church and, groups had bouncers yeah yeah this was the 30s you know the 1930s okay. <laughs> and and um and or if there was like a charity thing or something like that he would act as a bouncer and um and his way of approaching the whole thing since he was a fairly small skinny guy was that if some guy was starting to pick a fight with him or saying that, you know, no, I won't leave, he'd just very quietly say to the guy, hey, you know, this is a no-win situation for you because if you beat me, you're going to look like a fool because I'm so much smaller than you are. But what if I beat you? Don't you think it would be better for you just to leave? Right, yeah, that's good. You and should. Your dad should be a geek guru. My, my dad was a smart guy. Um, but yeah, and he just kind of ushered the guy out, and he after that he never had anybody who actually came at him after that, you know. But he'd do it very quietly to the guy. Hmm. But kind he was a have- mensing kind of bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> he, but you'd have to do that in front of a whole lot of people. If you did it quietly out in the parking lot, he'd just beat you down, you know, because then he has nothing to lose. Hmm. So them meeting him out in the woods just seemed like, or out in the countryside there. Seemed like the worst of all possible scenarios. I don't know. Maybe I've got it got it wrong, but I was just like, huh? Are you guys talking about the fight? Yeah. No, we're not at the fight yet. Well, we're at the um, where they meet Harris, the the geek guru, and he gives them advice. Oh, on- okay. it kind of fits though. Yeah. Yeah, and he's there. He's got his uh his buddy there too, right, Colin? Yeah. Colin. Yeah. Colin who comes to watch. <laughs> yes, Colin. Colin comes to watch the fight. <laughs> yeah. and he, oh, yes. he's so uh, he's so nonchalant about it. Also, when <laughs> Alan asks him, and he's just like, he's like, "Oh no, no, don't worry. I'm just here to watch you get beat up." <laughs> <laughs> Not the right thing to say there. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so okay, what ha- so we're at another weird dinner then. What? Okay, so we go into the dinner again. Uh, okay, so yeah, Lindsay's in trouble. For, oh wait, no, we uh, Nick and Lindsay are at Nick's house. Oh yeah, uh, the, the Nick mm-hmm. Lindsay part. Right, the drum set reveal. Mm-hmm. The big gigantic drum set. <laughs> so, what'd you guys think of uh, what Nick had to say there when they were in the when they were in his garage? Because I actually found it kind of poetic. Hmm. So did Lindsay. She really thought about what he said. 
She did. When he offered to go to the dance with her for a good, no, like go up to the entrance and then just go somewhere else with her. Well, I thought that was, that was, that was probably exactly what I would have said if I were Nick in that situation. But I was talking about the, when they're in the garage and, and Nick is just explaining about his passion being the drum set and how he was kind of explaining to her that she needs to find her own passion in life. Mm -hmm. Which is her a, own gigantic drum set. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And she thinks about it. It kind of yeah. is her. Yeah, I yeah, like that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a. I thought it was a, a insightful thing to you know, and let's have the stoner say the really insightful. Thing. <laughs> it, it gives his character a little more depth. Like he's not just a stoner. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. I like it's that. True. Yeah, and then after that, they go. They, then they do. Then that's when Nick offers to to be her knight in shining armor. Yeah, I was kind of like, okay, that's when I started saying, "Oh, you're moving in on Daniel's girl there." <laughs> that yeah, isn't his girl yet, but you know. Yeah, but Nick. Yeah, you're right. Nick is definitely showing some serious interest. I mean, uh-huh. that wasn't even like that wasn't even light flirting. That was like just slapping it on. Like I'm hitting asked, on you right now. Yeah, he asked her out on a date, basically. You know? Yeah, he did. Before he yeah. even before he even offered to do that, he asked her to come over to his house that night. Yeah, he came across as super supremely nice. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I, I like Nick. <laughs> I don't know about I you, like Emily. Nick too. I, I yeah. Like Nick. Yeah. Absolutely. I love Nick. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. As I say, it just it struck me as odd the, you know, him uh, him moving in on. Uh, on this girl that Daniel had brought into the group, so I was just like, "Hmm, yeah. okay." That's well, that's we'll when I started. With that, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> that's when I started like looking at, "Hmm, how, what, what is this dynamic here?" Uh, could there be an overarching story? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So I really want to talk about the scene with Sam and Lindsay uh, in Lindsay's room. Oh. Yeah. Cause it's an important th- part of the show. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. that's probably that's the best description of why Lindsay is the way that she is now. You know, she yeah. she talks about what happened with her her grandma. I mean, when he first walks in, she's I think she's looking at a picture of her grandma, and oh, she? Uh, yes. yeah, yeah, and she's she's tearing up or whatnot. And I like how Sam walks in and he's got the whole. He cares about what she's saying. You know, he, he, he went in there for himself, you know, and he, yes, he has his own problems. <laughs> yeah. He's got his own issues that he's dealing with. And he was supposed to ask for Millie and <laughs> why she's throwing her life away. But when she starts talking, he seems, he gets invested immediately. Like he sits down and he starts listening to what she has to say. And he's asking her questions. And I know how that he's really young and stuff, but I, I like just the idea. They that, care about each other. They're yeah, very cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I like that they yeah. have a relationship because a lot of people that when they're th- those ages, you know, like 17 to 14, they don't get along that well. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're, they're darling, I think. Well, he had also expressed concern about her earlier in the show. He was the one that, that I don't remember when it was. He was talking to somebody and... He was the one that said that she started acting weird when, when their grandmother died, right. and that she, yeah, she that started... was in the locker room before dodgeball. Yeah, he was talking to right, Neil. Right, right, right. Neil was That's... like, "Why is she dressed so weird now?" That's right, and uh, and he was the one that brought up the coat that comes into things late at the end. 
but that she'd been wearing what their father's coat mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. military jacket yeah and uh Graham, she's been wearing it since her grandma died he says yeah so i mean i at that point besides the fact that we we finally got some kind of reveal on why she was acting differently and stuff or you know some little piece of it uh yeah. but the fact that we were getting it from him and he seemed i don't remember exactly what he, how he said it or whatever but there was a sense of concern from him at that point that you know he uh i had gotten the feeling at that point that he was he was concerned about her so when he said that to her you know why are you ruining your life or whatever it was they said that was supposed to be from millie in a way i wasn't that surprised to hear it coming out of him i thought it was him at first yeah. well and he did say just because she asked me to ask you i yeah. didn't mean i was going to tell her what you said yeah 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 which means he legitimately wants to yeah. know the answer himself and that didn't surprise me i was i was kind of waiting for him to to say something not like that necessarily but to basically cop to the fact that he was concerned about her too yeah i <laughs> but it's funny cuz even as much concern as he's showing as soon as the conversation kind of hits a lull, mm-hmm. he immediately goes <laughs> mm-hmm. back to his problem. And he stands yeah, up he and he's obviously... like, oh, mm-hmm. so can we beat them up or not? Mm-hmm. I love it. He asks the saddest little question. Do you think me and my friends can beat up Alan? She's like, just Alan? Like he's asking if he and two other guys can beat up this one guy that's not even that much bigger than them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they talk and then he's like, so... uh do you think that we can uh, beat up Alan? <laughs> you and she you looks... guys can beat him, you know. And but maybe you can't um, if he's got his buddies with him. She looks so disappointed when he says that. She does. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like she she feels like maybe, maybe he what... didn't hear a word she said. Yeah, and didn't. didn't care and everything. And I mean, it makes sense she feel that way, even though. I think he absolutely does does care and does feel that you know feel for her and all of that but and but I think it's really typical from my dealings with with teenagers that that that'll happen that way and they really will care but they won't know what to say so it's like right. okay let's go back to my problem though I was talking about before yeah I think and, you know, she's talking about she's talking about dark stuff. I mean, she's yeah. talking about losing her religion and not believing yeah. in God anymore. It's it's really sad that she had this conversation with her grandma and she's watching her grandma die and her grandma's like, "I don't yeah. see anything. There's no light." And she just yeah. takes that absolutely to heart. Yeah. That's pretty depressing. It's, I it's do really interesting. I do like how she responds to Sam's response though because as you said, Carol, she kind of comes at she looks disappointed when he changes back to to his topic but then she looks up and she sees him and i think she kind of realizes you know he's only 14 mm-hmm. and yeah. obviously yeah. he's terrified about what's happening in his life so she immediately you know she changes her tune she does like, she, yeah, cha- she answers him very it. genuinely sweetly yeah, yeah. very caring yeah. Oh yeah, she's smart. You know, she knows mm-hmm. like she can't really expect him to just to to know what to say in that situation. Right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, she yeah. definitely shows a lot of maturity at that point. I agree. Yeah, yeah. 
So after that, we we get the slow walk, the slow walk to the fight. <laughs> uh, with music that song. is <laughs> yeah, music is used beautifully there. Yes, I wish it lasted a little bit longer because <laughs> it was just like the five seconds while they were walking. I would have liked to get like a whole slow motion scene of that. You want to really wallow in it. Huh? I wanted to. <laughs> I, I, as soon as that song starts playing, I'm just like, yeah, this is this is epic. This fight is gonna be it's going to be the down. most brutal fight in the history of fights. And then the fight starts and they're just oh, like, the fight is amazing. they're just like holding each other and like giving each other piggyback rides. And... It is choreographed. It's so awesome. I love it. It is so funny. Just uh, grabs legs, and it's just so awkward, and it's yeah. so nerdy. <laughs> this so fight great. reminded me of the one fight I have witnessed at school. Um, <laughs> You're so lucky. <laughs> every Thursday, we'll have like a late start, like an hour before classes start, where people just hang out in the cafeteria. And um, at one point last year, it was like a, a little kid and like a much bigger kid, and they like were like really awkwardly like kind of slamming each other around and then one of them pinned the other on a table and the other one was like pinching his cheek really hard (laughs) (laughs) and there was like hair pulling and i'm just like guys (laughs) that's terrible (laughs) (laughs) that's just sad (laughs) sad fight i love how the fight ends also the fight the I don't know if you guys thought it was funny, but I think it's hilarious the way that Alan just just goes, get off of me. You guys are crazy. You're all dead. And then, he, <laughs> and then it's like you were, just in a, yeah, you were just in a battle, like, and now you're threatening them after you leave the battle. <laughs> if they're all dead, why don't you just do it now? Like, this is your opportunity. And then he just hobbles onto his little bike and just pedals away and the camera like watches him pedal away for a couple of seconds too and you're just <laughs> like god this guy is, is ridiculous. so great i'm telling you that's the best bike <laughs> so funny yeah i think that says a lot about alan too just the fact that it's like you're you right. you're a wannabe bully you're not even a right bully. absolutely yeah, yeah it, that was that was like the capper on because all the way through i just kept saying okay this guy is a you know he's a blusterer he just you know threatens and threatens he's and then when he did that it was just like all right are you guys going to notice this yet or what this guy is not and of course they didn't but yeah i was actually surprised at when neil said i got punched in the nose but i didn't die i was like i can't believe there's even a punch thrown in that whole fight I have a feeling he his nose hit somebody's elbow accidentally. <laughs> yeah, that's probably more accurate. I love that, though, before the fight when Colin's, like, telling him, oh, don't get hit in the face. Or... <laughs> don't let them hit a pressure point because you die. won't feel anything, but you'll die three days later. <laughs> I love and then that Neil's one. like, I got punched in the nose and I didn't die. He's <laughs> like, he's, and he's surprised. <laughs> Colin's pretty funny. More Colin. <laughs> but um, you know what? That was supposed to be Harris, but um, he was caught up in immigration, and really? so yeah, they had Colin do it. <laughs> you know, well, Colin, Colin pulled it off pretty well. <laughs> he did. Um, okay, so the fight, so the fight ends, and then we get the the final scene, the big dance scene. 
Well, the thing about the fight is that Sam wasn't even there, and it was his fight. It was That's his true. bullying. And he did. Which he, was yeah. he, interesting. He was very appreciative, also. Yeah, and he was. He asked Cindy Saunders. He got up the guts. Oh, that's it's a big right. move. That's right. Big move from Sam during that. Fight. And that's what I was saying. That's where the cojones come from, really. Right. In my opinion, like I mean, I would have never gotten the the gall to do that. Like she's a cheerleader, you know. She's mm-hmm. obviously socially. I'm quote unquoting. Uh, she's out of his league. You know what I mean? Right. But he doesn't care. Right. He's just like I'm gonna go for it anyway. He goes for it. It does. He's the man. I thought I thought it was. Oh, pretty... It's October here now. All right. <laughs> I I thought it was pretty cool that the his friends. I was expecting his friends to be a little bit more peeved with him. Yeah. Um, even even yeah. before he mentioned that you know Cindy whatever that you know he'd been talking to her, but uh, you know they really they were still I guess they were still hot on their high from their big fight. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I think they were just elated that they didn't die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anything yeah. would have made them happy there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and then of course the fact that he had a story to tell about Cindy was, you know, that made everything okay. Of course. Yeah, that was a that was a good win for the geeks. That was a good day. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They did it. <laughs> and he okay, asked now we're out. <laughs> He did. Yeah, which is a victory he, for everyone. He, he asked her out, and she had it just that happened to Paul. That you know, Paul Feige's the creator, and he a lot of these. I think I said in our last podcast that a lot of this is actual experiences he had, and he did just that. He he asked the popular girl like the day before homecoming, and she's like, <laughs> "Of course, she had a date." But yeah, he did that. That came from true life. <laughs> Yeah. Here's a question that just occurred to me when you guys were talking. Do you think that the geeks would consider it braver for him to ask her out or for them to meet Alan? I bet it's pretty pretty, pretty mutual. I, I think it's probably about the same, honestly. I mean, I think that they would... <clears throat> I think that... Getting an attractive girl, any of them getting an attractive girl to to be interested in them is the largest victory that they could possibly get. So I think that that's probably trumps everything else. But I think fighting Alan is number two, if not one yeah. A. You know what? I think fighting Alan. Now, Neil, I could see asking a girl out that's out of his league. I could see him doing that. Um, and I just don't feel like... Um, Oh, what's the other one's name? I just blanked. Bill? Martin Starr. Yeah, Bill. I think Bill's just not even in that place right now. That's not occur. Just doesn't occur or appeal to him at this point. But Neil and Bill were not even going to look Alan in the eye or even say anything on Sam's behalf until he asked him to. He's like, "Come on, you guys, you need to have my back here." They're like, "We can't do that. We can't get involved in anything we're not involved in." You know, if Alan's not looking at me, I'm not looking at Alan. Yeah. But they do. So they end up by the end of the show stepping up and actually fighting Sam's bully for him. He's not even with him. And so I think it was that is I think that was a bigger victory. Interesting. I th- In my eyes. Yeah, like I said, I think it's very close. And I think Neil... It is close. I think Neil was kind of forced into it, though. Bill... This, yes, he was. Bill, he ran Bill, right into Alan. <laughs> yeah, Bill wanted, to, Bill wanted to help. You know, he was... As soon as Sam said anything to Bill, he was like, you know what? Yeah, maybe I should say yeah. something. Yeah, Bill stepped in first... a lot earlier. 
Yeah, he took the first step in the locker room. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And he was very honest with Alan when he showed up for the fight also <laughs> as to why they were there. Mm-hmm. That's right. A little too honest, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, yeah, the fight's over. We go to the dance. So the dance, um, we get a lot of people watching the weirs do things on the dance floor and reacting to it because we see let me see we see well let's start at the beginning first thing we see is sam go and ask for the dance from from uh cindy sanders right all right which is a great walk (laughs) Mm -hmm. to go ask her i thought have you guys Mm -hmm. seen um the perks of being a wallflower yeah Yeah. i i compare it although i actually like the perks dance the music's a little better but when charlie comes right onto the dance floor to start dancing to dexie's midnight runners um Anyway, I think of I compare the two. They are similar to me, even though he's not really going to a girl. He's going to two friends, well, new friends. But anyway, it's very similar. They're kind of yeah the same. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That whole scene, I was wondering where Cindy's date was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's probably off spiking the punch. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe at their age or something, they don't. I don't know. In my dances, if you got asked to a dance to homecoming or something you stuck with that date the whole time but maybe this is a little different than my school was or a different time i don't know well there were those two guys in the background who were like slap fighting and and (laughs) you know (laughs) elbowing each other and all that that i did not notice i didn't didn't notice notice either (laughs) you kidding really it was like they were they were in a bunch of different shots where they were yeah you, you saw that Yes, yeah. they were cracking me up. Yeah, I was. I, I stopped laughing. I missed I like I was what was going on with Sam and uh, Cindy. <laughs> yeah, I was just. I, I was. I said, look at the two guys in the back, because he had said something about something that was happening. I don't remember what he would noticed something happening in the dance with one of the some of the background people or something. And then I said, well, yeah, did you notice this two guys back there? He was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So is that why she's like, I'm not busy? Did she look over at them and was like, Yeah, I can dance? <laughs> yeah, man, that was probably her date, just <laughs> messing with someone. I don't know. When I, I think about when I was a freshman, though, I mean, when I was a senior, it was a lot different. But when I was a freshman, I don't know. I, I would go to dances with girls and then spend half the time with my friends, not the girl. We would go to dances stag with friends, but if we were asked out by a like to a homecoming dance. Yeah, we didn't do that. My homecoming was Saturday, actually. Oh, did you fun. go? I did go. Well, yeah. I went for half of it, and then I went home because <laughs> it was homecoming. Yeah. Well, that counts. <laughs> half of homecoming is definitely enough of homecoming. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we had homecoming with us. Well, we were in new high school back then. So. Oh, so you didn't have anyone to come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was the... It was only like three years old when I was a freshman. Interesting. Yeah, mine so, too. Yeah. And, but I don't think, I don't know if they, yeah, they must do homecoming now because now we've got this like huge football dynasty thing that happened that my, my old high school is, it's horrendous. But um, yeah, it's a huge football school, state champions mm-hmm. for eight out of 10 years and all kinds of nonsense like that. So, what do you guys think of this scene? What the Sam and uh, Sam and Cindy yeah, dancing? Yeah, just the dance scene in general. Yeah, what did you guys think? I when the song was going on, I kept thinking, 
well, this song changes in the middle and it gets fast. <laughs> you should have told Sam that. <laughs> Too bad you weren't there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I was saying to my son, when, when he went over, he asked her, and I'm like thinking, okay, it's when is it going to switch? Because I thought it switched already by now. I kept expecting it to switch, and then I said, to my son, you know, it's going to be over by the time he gets her out to the dance floor. I mean, he took the longest way through that it is, a, it is a long walk. He is going yeah. all the way across the gym. Oh, yeah. He's going right to the middle of the, the whole thing. He's not doing the edges at all. He's, like, really going for it. Oh, my God. I'm clenching right now just thinking about how uncomfortable that made me feel. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was an uncomfortable thing, but it was so weird that in my head I kept hearing the fast part of the music, and then <laughs> yeah. it finally happened. It was like, oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> and, but you know what? Once again, Sam Weir, he's a trooper, man. He, oh, he does it? He immediately is able to uh, to call an audible and uh, yeah. just just. He's like, you know what? This, this, with it. yeah. Oh, he <laughs> looks horrified there. For uh, yeah, split. for yeah. the first five seconds, <laughs> yeah. he has no idea yeah. how to react, but he figures it out and he has a good time. Yeah, he sucks it you up. Can, and... Yeah, you can see yeah. all those emotions cross his face. Right. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then we see, as I was saying before, the first reaction to the weirs being on the dance floor when we see Lindsay uh, just kind of like smiling at Sam, like, "Oh, he's having a good time. I'm so happy." Yeah, it was. I really liked seeing her happy for Sam and and stuff. That that uh, I don't know why, but it it really. I guess I wasn't sure whether something whether anything would bring her out of that funk she was in, and uh, her being happy for a brother was mm-hmm. you know I really liked that. I thought it was really nice. What about you, Aisha and Katrin? Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I liked I that too. Leanne. I loved it, and I thought it was, like, the perfect ending to the first episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I like seeing her happy, too, and I like the fact that it had it had uh, an effect on her, because when she saw Sam having a good time, her next move was to go walk up to Eli yeah. and dance yeah, with and him also. Yeah, she makes up with Eli. <laughs> yeah, which was a brave thing to do, too. There's actually a lot of courage in this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It comes right down to it. You know, because he could have he could have rejected her totally. <laughs> he could have freaked out on her. Yeah, I've got a few deleted scenes that I can tell you guys about when we're done with this. But um, one of them is Eli rejecting her in between. She has to ride on his cast, and he just like no, and he walks away. He totally disses <laughs> her. <laughs> so she had been dissed, but they cut it out. Interesting. Okay. Well, I, I, I gotta say, I like the happy, the happier ending in this situation. No, so, this is in between. This oh, happened okay. in between his arm breaking and the dance. Oh, so I see. she had during school one day, she saw him and she's like, can I sign your cast? And he's like, no. And he just walked out. And then the dance scene happened probably the next day and he forgives her and dances with her. Right. So it just it just shame that there was even more courage involved than we even know because he had yeah. actually dissed her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get the second reaction shot of the Weirs dancing, which is Mr. Rosso looking at Lindsay and smiling and thinking about how he helped her. And he, he's got the best job in the world, <laughs> whatever yep. he says, which was going to be the closing shot. And Judd's wife 
saw it and she's like are you kidding me you're gonna end this show on mr russell saying that no and so they changed it and i'm glad they did (laughs) yeah plus we needed to get that third reaction shot from kim kelly this time when oh, uh, yeah. when she when somebody when that other kid was making fun of Lindsay and Eli and she punches him and says shut up and then she looks at the dance floor kind of like admiring watches. her. Did you feel like did you newbies did you feel like um, the Kim character showed some semblance of uh, not being a nasty bitch in that scene? In the dancing. Yeah, like when yeah. she punched the. Did other you kid. notice that? Wait, she punched who? The kid that... One of the kids that was talking to Eli back on the bleachers uh, when they were, like, teasing Eli before mm-hmm. Lindsay called him retarded. Uh, he was back at the dance, and he was like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, they make a great couple. And then Kim just punched him in the shoulder and was like, shut up. And then she just kind of watched. Watches, yeah. and she's got a look on her face. Yeah, like a, a look of admiration almost. You guys didn't pick uh-huh. up on that. I, see, I, no. I felt like I felt like just showing her in that instance was uh, it was kind of it, it was totally different, you know, because the first time we see her is just she's just being. You a total... definitely get a vibe that she might be. I don't know, different. Wait, are you telling us there's going to be a love quadrangle? A quadrangle? Yes, that's what I'm saying. No, I was I was just I just think I just it, got back. Oh, hi, Carol. Hi. Um, quadrangle. A quadrangle, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, they call oh, it Eli. Yeah. So uh, we were just talking about how uh, Kim Kelly was noticing that what what Lindsay did. Yeah, she punches that guy in the arm for saying that they make a cute couple, and then she watches. I was referring to um, Kim Kim Lindsay. Oh, yeah. I guess they call her Love Square. Oh. (laughs) Is Eli in there? Okay. um, Queen Kim. uh, Quinn Quadrangle. Being interested in Lindsay. (laughs) Is that what you mean? I think. I think everybody's interested in everybody. No, I just, I just think it was a, I, I didn't, it wasn't like a romantic thing. It was just like a, I don't know. It was just like, like I said, a look of admiration, almost as if uh, she was approving of Lindsay's niceness, even though she wasn't nice herself to Lindsay. You know, I don't know. It's just something I noticed. <laughs> I think that was like, and that was what, that was the last shot I think we see of the whole that, and then we just see them dancing, and then it fades to black. Right. Did, yeah. did uh, anybody comment on the coat when I I don't know if I cut off before or after I mentioned that she that Lindsay takes off the coat? Yeah. Nobody commented on that, but now you did, and I noticed that also. She sheds yeah. her coat. Yep, and dances. She sheds her coat. Now I'm kind of curious to see in next episode, you know, whether she's got the coat back or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because it, it, um, it was almost symbolic, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, because he, uh, he makes it a point. Uh, Sam makes it a point back when of saying that she started wearing this coat after her grandmother died, and we see it pretty much all the time, unless she's like at the dinner table or you know some place where it would be totally inappropriate. Or is she wearing it at the dinner table? I don't even know. I think she is actually. Is she? I don't know, but I think she might be. Yeah. yeah. I think this yeah. is the only time in the episode that we see her without the coat. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it seems like that's because she's having fun. 
Mm-hmm. Was she mm-hmm. wearing it when she in that scene with her and Sam in her room? You know, I don't think she was. No, no I don't think she, she was at the dinner table when mm-hmm. she gets up and because her dad finally did the Janis Joplin line and she had just had it. <laughs> dad, yeah. what are you talking about? You're absolutely right. She was not wearing it. Yeah, so she puts it on whenever she's outside her home. Yeah. When she wants to fit in with the freaks, I guess. Yeah, some be- you might it could also be like a shield, yeah. you know, against. I agree. Against yeah. Everything. Totally a psychological shield. Yeah. But it's slinky. So it'd be interesting to see if it, the coat comes back, and if it does come back, when it comes back. Uh oh. All right, guys. So that's the that's the end of the episode. So let's get into some uh, feedback here. We've got. No emails for this episode, but we have some feedback on our Facebook page. You know, for time, I don't know. Maybe we should skip feedback? Or maybe we should, I don't know. Let's do feedback. <laughs> we'll read it, and then we can edit whatever we need to later. Okay. Um, all right, so let's see. Let's see what we got here. We got Emily saying a bunch of stuff, but Emily, you've already said a lot of stuff, so I'm going to skip you. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't read my feedback. <laughs> so here's Bob DeGrand, and it, I think Bob DeGrand is actually uh, watching this for the first time also. And he says, yeah, he's a newbie with you guys. Yeah. Oh, okay. He says, I loved hearing Bad Reputation as the theme song. He's not. I'm not a Styx fan. I hope that isn't a trend. Sorry, Bob. Um, <laughs> Sam looks about 10. He's in high school? The father is an idiot. I realize this is true on most teenage shows, but wow. Neil Im- <laughs> Neil imitates Shatner, and none of his friends recognize it. Very funny. Amanda! I love that. <laughs> oh, the Shatner quote? Yeah, the and Shatner like, expression is so great. It's so bad. <laughs> and they're like, what's that from? Huh? Come on, you know that Shatner guy. Um, Amanda! And this character is every bit as weird. I know, Bob, I said the same thing. Uh, the hippie guidance counselor is really annoying. Can he be killed? <laughs> poor Mr. Rosso. Uh, I told Bob, I think, that the dad and Mr. Rosso will grow on him. We'll see. And this isn't Buffy. He can't be killed. Well, right. you never <laughs> know. Oh, well, we maybe. Maybe I'm wrong about Freaks and Geeks, but I just got this feeling like it was a little, you know, there wasn't going to be like a hyena pack or something, you know. <laughs> no hyena pack, but I'm not going to going to spoil you. There's no hyena pack. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but there might be an apocalypse who knows um alan the bully is pretty scrawny he doesn't seem threatening at all i would have loved for him to try to pick on me in high school yeah that's <laughs> right bob i agree with you 100 percent. if that kid tried anything on me there's no way i would run away you're all dead <laughs> you're all dead <laughs> Um, Nutty Nuchas says, yes, Sam is in high school. Actually, most boys and many girls that young when entering high school. Sadly for this actor, he still looks that young. He's just taller. (laughs) I find most of these characters are very real-seeming to me. I remember watching the first time and being shocked at how real it felt. This wasn't like 90210 where 30-year-olds were playing high school students, where they had all money and none of the drawbacks real teens have. These kids were real. There are some parts of Lindsay that I relate to, but I think I relate a lot more to Sam when I was a kid, minus the friends. Aww. Um, <laughs> when I went back to watch this show from the start to the finish, I was shocked at how many actors I knew. I remembered Busy Phillips was in it, and I remember that's where Jason Segel was from and the two mains. But all the others I forgot about. Seth Rogen particularly blew me away, and James Franco. 
pretty much everyone does something else I love. Oh, and Weird Girl, every time I saw her on that other show, I thought, oh, it's the Freaks and Geeks girl. <laughs> I, I I see what she's talking about, Amanda. I mean, Millie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we got some from Ray, which is extraordinarily long, and we're kind of... On approaching three hours, so we're gonna try to just get a little, little parts, little parts of this right now. Emily, you want to take the lead here? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. He loves that it takes place in 1980 because it's a cool period piece, and I think the music, fashion, and pop culture of the late 70s plays a large part in the show. And even though Styx isn't the greatest band in the world, I thought they really used Renegade in a great way as they showed Bill and Neil in slow motion walking towards a fight. Mm. Um, and he said that one of the main problems of getting the show on DVD was the music licensing. Which makes sense because they were definitely using a lot of the most popular songs from that era. Right. Yeah, and he talks about Nick being obviously high in the scene <laughs> with those red eyes like we talked about. And the great job that it did introducing a large number of characters in a short time. And giving them all a little bit of depth, too. And they did. He's right. Um, um, Lindsay... Um, and Lisa Cardellini's performance, which is outstanding. She really is outstanding, and, and she stands out um, the most to him. Um, you can really feel her personal crisis. And um, and that Nick's speech made sense to her. Um, and, well... <laughs> okay, he says, overall, I think this is a great pilot and really shows... It's the kind of show that wants to stay true to life. It's an underdog story and a coming-of-age story that tried to tell it like it really is. I know that most of the storylines are based on things that actually happened to Paul Feig, Judd Apatow, or one of the other writers that feels so genuine. The other stuff I skipped, we've kind of talked about already. Well, thanks, Ray. Next time we'll uh, we'll try to read it all. But like I said, we are seriously encroaching three hours right and now we do not want to hit october in utah <laughs> yeah, we're trying to we we still want to be in the future right now <laughs> i want to still be yes. in the future um and then we got uh can we it might be too early to say this but friend of the show jarrett lennon kaufman who I actually think we can call him friend of the show now. <laughs> yeah uh he he plays colin the uh one of the kids that was in the fight he actually commented on here he said Wow, that screen capture brings back some serious member- memories. The the screen capture that we have here is the when Sam meets up with them after the fight, and it's the four kids just talking about what just happened. Um, yeah, he says, We filmed that in Newhall, California, along with most of the exteriors that weren't at the school. It was my first day on the set. It was beautiful representation of the geek's plight, Utter desperation and futility and grasping at straws. This bit was as they walked away in victory, which was basically the fact that none of them died and they managed to rip Alan's shirt. <laughs> For them, <laughs> that was everything. And I agree. <laughs> that That's what meant everything to them. And uh, it was a success. So thanks, everybody, for giving us some feedback. Um we're going to do quotes and ratings, but before that, let's just tell everybody where they can actually send us any feedback that they want to give us. Do we decide who that is? <laughs> uh, I could do it if nobody else Well, wants. I took down the information, if that helps. Yeah, go ahead. It's mckinleycast at gmail.com. Yes, that is our email. 
McKinley. McKinley as, the, as in the president. As in the president, yes, which I learned tonight that he was the president. I did not know that. Um, <laughs> and if you want to leave us feedback on Facebook, you could join our, our group, McKinley Cast, a Freaks and Geeks intro cast. Um, so let's or get you can into. Find us on Quadruple Z. Ooh, yeah, Quadruple Z. That's, uh, that's where our, our podcasts are being hosted. So, and there's a bunch of other great podcasts on there, like Investigating Mars. Uh, Tabs runs that, and she's great. So, let's get into ratings, guys. Um, Emily, you want to go first? We're we're gonna we're we're doing a different uh, a different way of doing this. We're gonna rate them by letter grades, like in school. Right, and I am going to be bold. I am going to give this one an A. I think it's a great pilot. I think it's a great introduction to the characters. I think it's a good story. It's a all-encompassing story. It's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. And you could just watch it as, you know, you don't need to see the rest of the series. Although, it's great if you do. <laughs> but it's a, it's just a great story um, with a great ending. Mm-hmm. An A. No A+. plus. No. There are some A+. pluses. <laughs> this is just an A. Spoilers. spoilers this isn't my favorite episode (laughs) uh carol you want to go okay um i'm gonna give it a b um i don't know what's likely to come but um you know there were some parts that were kind of slow for me um i thought it did a great job of introducing the characters um it uh you know, it had it was definitely spelled out what it was, or at least I think it did. Uh, I guess I'll find out as we go whether whether it really did or not. But it seemed like pretty clear as to what its point was and what its purpose was. So that was good. But you know, it uh, I think there's room for improvement, and I I have a funny feeling that it's going to improve. So I'll give it a a B and and give it some room to 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 go from there. Okay, fair enough. Patron? Um, I would probably give it an A minus because I thought it was a very strong pilot and I th- I really enjoyed it and I thought it told a good story, but um I feel like it can always be better. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? <sighs> okay, um I guess spoilers, this is my favorite episode so far. Oh, <laughs> 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 I'll give it an A, just because I I like really like the pilot and I liked how it was like a self-contained movie and like everything seemed to blend really well and we got a good sense of who each character was and I found myself like empathizing with Lindsay a lot considering I just thought recently lost a grandparent myself and. Yeah, I really like a pilot. Like, I, I, I want to see more of it now. Does this does this mean you've seen on at all? Seen what? Did Did you watch the second episode? No. You just said so far, kind of just for fun. <laughs> 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 just we made needed, me wonder. We just needed to express the sampling size that she was coming from. Ah. One episode, favorite episode. That's what we wanted. Okay. okay. Good. <laughs> you know, out of all the episodes, I've seen, your worst this episode. Is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think that as an episode, 
it's hard for for the vets to kind of know that there's other episodes, but I think as as a pilot, it's one of my favorite pilots that I've seen from from any show that I've watched. So I feel very comfortable giving it an A. It's a great pilot, like like you guys said. It's uh, from from beginning to end. It's like its own little self contained story, and it does a nice job of introducing everybody. It makes you feel for the characters in such a short amount of time. And the most impressive part to me is that it makes you feel for multiple char- characters. It's not just Lindsay. You feel for Sam. You feel for Lindsay. You feel for everybody, you know? So I think that it's a, it's a great testament to the show that they could do that in 42 minutes. And, <clears throat> which says a lot for the fact that there's only 18 episodes also. So, and that people got, get so hook, hooked into it with just 18 episodes, you know? To me, mm-hmm. it's like there's 18 of these at... That are just, I, I mean, I like them all. You know, I can't think of an yeah. episode that I dislike, like, profusely. But uh, as, as a pilot, this is definitely gets an A for me. Yeah. So there we go. What, what, what was that? 1B, 1A minus, and 3As? It's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a tough grader. That's, I see. That's because you're a teacher. That would be almost a 4.0 GPA. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we should totally do a cumulative... <laughs> well, usually they get rid of the uh, the bottom one and the top right. one, you know. Hmm. So. And that's like two points higher than my GPA ever was. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's bring it home with some quotes, guys. Well, oh, actually, I have a few fun facts that. I haven't told yet. Story oh, okay. Time I do a few with fun family. Facts. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so the cinematographer of the pilot was Bill Pope, who did the Matrix. Wow. was the cinematographer oh. for The Matrix. Uh-huh. And the day they finished shooting the pilot, The Matrix came out. And Paul and Judd kind of looked at each other and they were like, well, <laughs> we're never going to see him again. And they were right. <laughs> so he designed the show and he did really cool. He drained the color like a 70s show. And just, you know, he he did a great job. But So anyway, you can think about when you watch that dodgeball scene again that the person that directed the, or that, you know, did the Matrix directed and designed that dodgeball action scene. Very cool. You mean Jonathan? Oh, <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. From Buffy, everybody. Take a shot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I, know. I don't know. I'm not with you there. I, How is this I, like, Jonathan? Yeah, I don't... I didn't get that either. It's just... Because he directed the Matrix... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> superstar. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a Matrix connection. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I thought it was a dodgeball connection. I was not coming up with it. Okay, got it. Okay, so, okay. Now, John Daly and Martin Starr, that were Bill and Sam, they had never seen Caddyshack in their lives. So, before they filmed that, they were instructed to watch it. So, they had seen it once. So, if you've seen Caddyshack, you can see that their impressions are a little off. <laughs> And this goes on. There's a few other movies they'd never seen that they quote um, later on in the series. And <laughs> you can tell they've just never seen the shows. But So they did. They watched Caddyshack just to do that scene. Um, and the, um, the Weir's dad th- that says the die thing, that came from Judd Apatow's life. His father used to do that. Same thing. Um, oh, and when Neil does the Shatner impression in the lunchroom... Um, Sam Levine, just at the end, he was, um, now he was, uh, trying to get the part of Sam, and at the end of the 
um, when he what is when he's um, trying to get the part auditioning. That's it. When he was auditioning, he just threw in his Shatner impression at the end of it, and it made Judd laugh so hard that he called him back just because of that, because he wanted Paul to see his Shatner impression. And so basically, that bad Shatner impression is how he got the part, but they decided to cast him as Neil instead of Sam. Um, I think that's what I got. All Those right. are my fun facts. Fun facts with Emily. We're going to have to get a little uh, a little sound clip for that, too. Yeah. Um, all okay. right, guys, let's do some quotes, and then... I need to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You betcha. Yeah. Alright, I'm just going to do mine first because I'm staring at it. Lindsay. Jeff, I've never felt better. Mr. Rosso. Well, then maybe someone should tell your face that. Sad face. <laughs> <laughs> you know where he is now? He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> You're all dead. <laughs> You're all dead. I love that. <laughs> These shorts aren't very flattering, are they? <laughs> yeah. I like Sam's reaction to that. No, you look good. <laughs> <laughs> you need to find your reason for, for living, man. You've got to find your big, just gigantic drum kit, you know? <laughs> awesome. Did you guys notice that Nick's passion... This is drum kit. It's not playing the drums. It's <laughs> drum <Yeah>. kit. <laughs> yes, I did notice that. Yeah, we don't even that... we don't even know if he can play those things. <laughs> like yeah. he, he might just be collecting. <laughs> That's just a great piece um, about Nick. <laughs> cracked me up. All right. Does anybody else have any other quotes? I know Aisha, you had half of one, didn't you? <laughs> My half one is like when um, Lindsay was telling Alan that not to pick on kids who aren't even 100 pounds, and Sam was like, I'm 103. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was terrible of Lindsay to say that. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. Sam, but Sam, he needed her to know that those three pounds existed. Oh, <laughs> I know. And it's because she said that in front of Alan. That was terrible. <laughs> well, that's foreshadowing what she does later on with the. Yep. You know, it's, yeah. it's really pretty much the exact same thing, except she doesn't learn from it the first time. <laughs> she should have. Yeah, 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 yeah. The lesson here is even good-hearted, very intelligent people can make very stupid decisions. Oh, when, yeah. And socially. Oh. oh, boy. Can they ever. <laughs> I promised I would, well, I don't know how much I promised, but I <laughs> thought I might mention... Um, What's it even? Redemption cast. Redemption <laughs> cast. Yeah, we're supposed to That's bring up redemption cast. cast for Angel. Yeah, yeah, go redemption cast. I guessed it on redemption cast. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Cool. I guessed it on uh, potential cast and redemption cast. Nice. Oh, that's yeah. why yeah, I recognize your voice. Oh, speaking on. It was fun. It was fun. Speaking of guessing, I actually uh, investigating Morris put up a spoiler cast today, which I guessed it on. So everybody go listen to that. All right. I've never seen Veronica Mars. Then don't go Me listen neither. to that. <laughs> but go watch Veronica Someday. Mars because right. you will not regret it. Is it I've, on Netflix? What yeah. is that show yeah. no, about? No, it's not anymore. Oh, boo. It used to be. It's about, uh, it's like, in the most simplistic form, Buffy without supernatural stuff. Interesting. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, I, I watched it when it was on and... Uh, mm. I haven't watched it again, but I watched it when it was on. It was 
it was uh, it was good. The later seasons were a little uneven, but uh, but it was a good show. Yeah. Good show. So you guys uh, are excited about this movie that was like yeah, on my Kickstarter. Super excited. Yes. <laughs> it's got a lot of a noir feel to it. Is that how you say it? Noir. Noir. Uh, noir. 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 Yeah. It's like really artsy. It's like a, it's artsier than Buffy is. Like just the way that they shoot it and stuff like that. I'll have to check it out. I guess <laughs> I've got the Netflix discs also. Maybe I'll. There you go. Yeah. All right, guys. I'm going to go fall asleep on the kitchen floor right now because it's almost (laughs) 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, man, you guys. Yes, it is. Yay. All right. Well, that was fun. And next time we're going to try to cut it. Wait, did we say bye yet? (laughs) We're going to do that very soon. (laughs) I I figured. End the recording and then. I figured we would end the show with bye. (laughs) 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 All right. Ready? Bye. Wait, 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 wait. Watch Bears and Weirs. Everybody watch Beers and Weirs. Beers and Weirs, episode two. Yes. Everybody watch that. We should be recording next Sunday. What's up, Carol? I was going to say, what are you talking about? What's Beers and Weirs? (laughs) I'm talking about Freaks and Geeks. Oh. Yeah, we're back on the show that we're actually here for. (laughs) I thought that was another show I had missed. And I was like, wait a minute, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's almost two o'clock in the morning. I should be forgiven for that. Come Uh, on, guys. I'm just so excited for work tomorrow. Waking up at seven, I can't wait. Let's do I it. get to wake up at five. All right. So. Oh, 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 yeah. Five is five. Five fifteen is when my alarm goes off. Oh no, Carol! That's in like three hours. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we'll talk again next week. Beers and weirs. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.